Be sure, be sure, be sure to hit that like button, share this content, let a friend or a neighbor know where to go when they want to tune in to Cowboy Sports Talk and beyond. Let's go. We're going to talk about Cowboys' Dak ranking, of course, Ezekiel Elliott time, Micah Parsons call out. You know, when you're on top, a lot of people, a lot of people like to call you out. You know, that's just the reality of it, Cowboy Nation, and everyone that's listening. But don't bite the bait. No, 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 no. Don't fall for the traps. Let's get it. I'm going to explain a little later down the line. And also, let me ask you guys this. And shout out to the HBOs, the SGs. Let me know if my audio is straight. Let me ask you guys this. Is Micah Parsons the new face of the franchise? Let me know. Let's go. Come on. They say ain't no party like a cowboy party. Shout out to all. Shout out to all. Come on. That's right, coach. It's a little later in time, but time is relative, right? Come on, nation. All right. Let me see some blue hearts in the chat, baby. Come on. All right. <laughs> Appreciate everybody for tuning in. The name is Law Nation. And for those who uh, haven't heard of me, just type in Law Nations. Sports on any platform, you will probably see my name, face, and logo at your spot of wherever you may be at. Shout out to everyone that's watching. All right, shout out to you, Coles. Appreciate you for jumping in. Danny, shout out to you, Turner. Appreciate you on the Facebook. And Sam, you the first person in here. And shout out to my dog, Jay Lombardi. Y'all, y'all keep it straight over there now. All right, so I might as well start off with Dak Prescott. You know, every year the question is about Dak Prescott. First and foremost, a lot of people like to bang on the table. He's elite. He's elite. And then there's another people like to bang on the table saying he's what's on the bottom of most people's feet. He's trash, law. His name is Trash Scott. You know, you know, you get that, and then I get people to say, "Hey, he's going to win us five Super Bowls, which would be nice." And then you get people to say, "Man, he look, law. He's not it. He's not it." <laughs> I got a guy by the handle on my YouTube page. His name is Roger Starbuck. That's his YouTube name, and uh, he 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 blasts me every time I get a chance to uh, read down my comments. He blasted me about Dak Prescott, and I get it, right? Um, the guy, all he did was won 53 games. 53 games, right? And 26 losses, somewhere around there, uh, if my memory served me correct. It could be 52 wins and uh, 25 uh, losses, whatever. He won more games than he lost. And there was a time, when our starting quarterback went down, I believe it was like our record was putrid. Like when Romo went down, I think the record was like 
one and, and like 16 one time or two and like uh, 13 or something like that. It was a crazy number. And the, the very much so, people were bagging, like, can we just get a quarterback in here to win us games? And now that we got a quarterback to win us games, we're we still not satisfied collectively. But I get it, you know, uh, some people still in love with the ideal of Romo, right? And there's always will be the battleship of Romo versus Dak Prescott. And the last time my guy, Tony Romo, who we all love, by the way, played a full season was in 2014. How many years ago? (laughs) 2014 is a long time, baby. And this is the year 2022. So that let me know that people will refuse to let go of things. And people will love to hold tight to what they believe in. And there shouldn't be the Romo conversation. Nevertheless, Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, is he a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League? Well, according to Chris Sims, he got him at number nine. And I don't have his full list. I apologize. I don't have his full list in front of me. But we do have the audio. And what I'm going to pull up is shout out to my guy, uh, Defy, he actually did this beautiful art illustration. And he says top 40 QBs in the count, you know, countdown. And number nine, as you guys can see, is Rain Dakota Prescott. Then number 10 is Lamar Jackson. And then number uh, 11 is Derek Carr. And then number 12 is Kyler Murray. Is that too high? Some of you guys will look at it like, no, man. Come on, man. Lamar got to be better than Dak. And just right. Lemons, appreciate you. Dak, go show us again this year. Yeah. And then um, Carr is like, hey, he's 11. Come on now. He beat Dak Prescott last year, right? <laughs> And it's funny how people utilize that, right? Because I recall uh, a game where as when the Cowboys faced against Derek Carr or what have you, y'all let me know what year it was. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott beat him, right? And they had Khalil Mack. They had a hot team at the time. But that that that, that game gets swept under the rug. It's all about what, what have you done lately, right? That's what people would say. Now, Calamari, I, I think the world of Calamari, you need a footstool, right, to brush his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> And I don't know, is he at practice? Is he holding out still? But neither here nor there. Kyler Murray is a fantastic quarterback, but I still like Dak Prescott. Hmm? But neither here nor there. Uh, enough of me talking about this. Let's listen to some audio. And I appreciate everybody for being part of this episode. Uh, and And – be sure on your way in, hit that like, share this content, let a friend or a neighbor know where to go when they want to tune in to Cowboy Sports Talk and beyond. Let me know if y'all can hear audio. Can y'all hear that? How many millions he was going to earn with uh-huh. a contract extension. That is all done now. He is the, the quarterback for the present and future of this team. I don't want to give it away. Number nine in you your top did. You almost going to read his name. I in might the as name. well. There <laughs> he is, my guy right there. 
Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Still a phenomenal football player. Again, I think like the one thing that comes to my mind when I talk about Dak mm-hmm. Prescott or watch him is just I, I the tough toughness. I just think about physical, mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Like to me, Dak Prescott is towards the top of football in those departments. Let alone we know. Yes, he's got a lot of ability. I mean, he does. Right, First right. off, his mobility and his ability to run is a real thing. It's a real part of his game. It wasn't as big last year, I think, because of some of the injuries. But whether it's scrambling or a few quarterback design runs, like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. He's a he's a he's a a, a, a son of a bitch to deal with. Okay, so that's oh, oh wait a minute, no, look look man, you can't use that word and that phrase right there on that point, man. Come on, man. God dog, Chris. Christopher Sims. Do you kiss your mama with that mouth? Come on, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope Dak Prescott don't listen to this interview. And we all know the storyline of Dak Prescott and his mom. But neither here nor there. Let's listen. It's an issue there. All right. Then you talk about, you know, the pocket part of him. This is to me where he is very special. Dak right. Prescott is up there. In the discussion as far as being the best, like, I'm under pressure, the pockets collapsing quarterbacks in all of football. He's unaffected by it. He can stand there with people hitting him and grabbing him and still make throws down the field because he's such a big, strong human being. It doesn't affect his decision-making when the pocket's closing in. He's not like, oh, gosh, let me find the short throw just to get it out of my hand. He still stands in there and like gets a little, oh, wait, he's not going to kill me yet. He's going to kill me in a half a second. Hold on, let me throw it. I got killed. Hey, but I got a completion to C.D. Lamb. That, to me, is where he is special. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me say this. (sighs) So you mean to tell me that if he's special in that moment that he can stand tall inside the pocket or when pressure is there, he can still get the ball out and squeeze it, push that thing down the field. Here's the beautiful thing, Cowboy Nation, and I love it. Can you imagine If they go out there and grab a guy that can help him out up front, if you can give him time and space and opportunity, that that's going to really amplify the things that you just said that you like out of him. But let's listen to more of Christopher, you know, Sims. Then he, he was the guy that busted his spleen. Somebody knocked his spleen out of him, right? internal bleeding was it was that him or someone else y'all let me know I, I think it was him let listen to what he had to say he did not have his best year there's no doubt about that it was not but still franchise quarterback difference maker beautiful deep ball thrower wow. right but i will say you know did not have his best year throwing right i think that's one thing i look at the mm-hmm. ball got away from him a lot especially down the stretch of the season yeah a lot of balls thrown high and off the target that way. Has a very over-the-top motion. He, he doing over-the-top. I wish I could show you all the illustration. Dak Prescott mechanics is just trash to me, too, right? 
He got to get in rhythm. He's a burly big quarterback, right? He's not a slender built quarterback, so he's burly built, right? And his throwing mechanics is is kind of trash if he don't get into the rhythm, right? That's those are flaws that we've been talking about since day one. But can he get the ball there? Yeah. And nine times out of ten, not everybody throwing mechanic is universal, right? Or the same. I, I think who had the worst throwing mechanic? Uh, I, I would have to say uh, Philip Rivers, right? It was just weird how it come out. You know, ugly but deadly. <laughs> you know, give him time, he'll find the open target. But his mechanics were just terrible. I heard a storyline before, whereas they was trying, they were trying to correct it, and it was just nasty. And they said, you know what? You you, you keep doing you. You keep doing your thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you keep doing your thing. <laughs> See, Nick says Tebow. Now, Tebow, he literally pushed the ball. Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. Um, shout out to him. You know, he got him a playoff win, right? So, Tebow was a different type of guy. And I think that in this uh, type of NFL world, when people, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not talking about you, C. Nick, but when I say uh, this, when people say, yeah, Dak is Tebow. They must be out of their mind because just two different styles of throwing. But Rivers was horrible. Yes, you're right. Uh, Eli Manning. Eli, believe it or not, that dude had a strong arm. Eli had a strong arm. <laughs> but his throw mechanics were crazy. Vince. Yeah, Vince, Vince Young had a weird throwing one. Oh, Benjamin DiNucci. Oh, my goodness. Let's hit play. <laughs> he does not throw many balls off ang or different arm angles or no. sidearm or that. That really right. doesn't exist in his game. Right. So that's not one of his pluses. But, you know, that to me was one thing that I came back from the year to go, well, you know, it wasn't maybe his best year as far as decision making, uh, but it wasn't bad. I think where he left, you know, a lot of plays and throws on the on the field a little bit, it was just purely from his throwing. His arm strength is good. Right. But out of these quarterbacks that are in the top ten, it's it's towards the bottom. In fact, out of the quarterbacks we talked today, I think he's it's the bottom. Yeah. I would probably I would say Derek Carr's arm is stronger than, than Dak Prescott's. Mm. So yeah, true, for true, an NFL true, star true. quarterback, he's got the least power arm out of the group, in my opinion. But man, he does a lot of good things on the football field, that's for sure. The big Right, right. So let's look at Dak numbers right quick. All right, so if you guys can give me a second here, let's look at these numbers. Uh, as far as completion percentage, they got Dak Prescott at 68.8. Uh, that, my friend, I would take that. I would take that. But you had three other quarterbacks better, right? So that's a good argument to say, well, hey, he can't be number one. I, I'm looking down this list, and I don't see one in that category. Okay? Passing yards slash game, you know, uh, I, I would look at it like this, 278.1. He was on pace before the injury, by the way, to be number one or be number two or be tops or what have you, but he's number seven on this list. Uh, passing yards or, or attempts or what have you, and we have in uh, 7.5. Passing yards per attempt. That, my friend, uh, is right at 10th. Now, 7.5, that is a really, really good number. Anything below 6, I would say 6.1 or 6.5 is dinking and dunking. 
seven yards down the field is, is, is you throwing that thing. And he tied for fourth place in total touchdowns, 37. And then interceptions, ninth. So when we look at this collectively, I'm looking at it right where Chris Sims got him at, ranked number nine. And if you compute those numbers, if you add those numbers together, I mean, you could probably come out with an average of number nine or number eight, give or take. And I'm looking at Dak Prescott collectively. If you saying that his last season wasn't his best, shoot, give me that every year. Skit, scat, appreciate you. How about that? You know what I'm saying? How many picks, you guess, Trayvon gets this year? I'm going for it. Trayvon Diggs. I predict that Trayvon Diggs gets seven picks every year since he wears number seven, by the way. <laughs> Let's listen to more of these guys right here. But shout out to you, Skit Scat. Question last year coming into the year was his ankle, his ankle injury. Yep, how would it right. respond? How would he play? It held up pretty well. He did have a calf injury, though. And so I think, Pete, we have some numbers before and after yep. uh, the calf injury. And so before yep. they were 5-1, and one, he was averaging 300 yards per game. Afterwards, 263. So you, you do wonder. I wonder how much that affected I know. him. I know. I, I do, too. You know, Before they go further, uh, I, I would tell you, <laughs> come on, it's right in the face. Like, oh. What really happened to Dak Prescott on the second half of the season? Boom, it's right there. People can lie all the time and say, yeah, man, you know, you know, I, I make a, I make $300,000 a year. You know, I, I drive a Royce Royce. You know, people can lie all the time, right? People can say that. <laughs> but they say they do all of those things. Now it's time to pr- produce the taxes. You know, they like, uh, you see what had happened was, Right? So we can literally see before the injury record, 5-1, and one, 73.1 completion percentage. Oh, passing yards per game, 302, which would put him at first place, by the way. Yards per attempt, 8.4, which would really put him in first place. Look, based upon these stats, before the injury, Hands down, that would have been no other quarterback, believe it or not. There would have been no other quarterback better than those numbers. But when you put in what he did on the second half of the season, six and five, 65 completion percentage or what have you, and 263 yards per uh, game or per uh, yards per, yeah, per game and 6.8, that's a worlds of a difference. That's a worlds of a difference. So what, what I really want, even my detractors and the people who just can't stand Dak Prescott, Give this man time. Understand that in his mental mindset, losing his mother, still playing in the background of his thoughts of losing his brother, with the burden of the contract heavy upon his shoulder, with all of the pressures of the world saying that, hey, he can't do this, coming off of a compound fractured right bone splitting through the skin, back out there knowing that normally when you get a pull calf muscle, that it relates back to what you just had surgery to, right? It can elude or it can go to other things. 
Case in point, my guy, no, I'm not going to go that deep, but I don't want to go that deep. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to talk about Gallup and his calf strain or what have you, and then all of a sudden his knee buckled. And I'm not going to go into those details of sometimes you favor something else and you overcompensate. But it had to play in his psyche. You know, sometimes, Cowboy Nation, I don't hang around too many people that don't cuss. I want somebody to cuss. You know, I want somebody to slip one out. That let me know you're human, right? That let me know you're real, something tangible. You hit your knee or your shin on the edge of a coffee table. Don't let it be that pinky toe. I want you to say, ah, you know, squeeze one out sometime. That let me know you're real. And don't let it be a bed frame, right? <laughs> that bed railing. If you ain't saying some cuss words and you hit that thing, I'm looking at you kind of awkward now. This person ain't real. I want somebody real, you know? Come on. <laughs> look, look, somebody said, all I hear is excuses. Well, it scares me. So what we supposed to say, that a poor calf muscle, that he's still supposed to generate the same? He's still supposed to do the same? Come on, man. Even if you hate Dak Prescott to the core, even if you can't stand the way the man walk and the way he chew bubblegum, you got to at least say, man, you know what? This dude did have those things. Like, like your grandma didn't die or your brother uh, uh, didn't pass away that you're supposed to be like, yeah, you know what? That's the past. I'm going to let the dead bury the dead. I'm going to go back to work and try to win this Super Bowl for some of y'all ungrateful Cowboy fans out here. That's what you said, basically. You know what you're supposed to say? Hey, man, no excuses. Put that leg. When he had that compound fracture, put the bone back inside under the skin, put some duct tape and some Gorilla Glue back on that leg and get your butt back out there and, and go win this game. <laughs> that's what you want? You know, that's, that's what y'all saying? Oh, excuse me, since y'all don't like the excuses. So what collectively, even the pundits, the critics, what y'all saying basically is that Kellen Moore in his third year ever calling plays, He's supposed to be able to mask that too? Don't you guys understand? Or are you saying that, oh, Kelly Moore, those are just excuses. He's supposed to be able to elevate this team, even if it's his third year ever. So that's the equivalent of me calling my daughter and saying, come on over here. I want you to sit in this seat and you run the show. And by the way, you know, we got mortgage. We got a whole bunch of other things that's due. But there should be no excuses. You've been on this plane for five years. You've been on this dimension for five years. Go on. You finna, you finna head to six. That's a lot of years being on this dimension. Being on this plane, Phil. You know, <laughs> that's what you guys want. So what you do is you look at Sean McVay and what he did over there at L.A. Rams land, right? Coaching and elevating them, putting them in high heights. And you're saying, well, why the Cowboys can't do that? And y'all look at even Matthew Stafford, who threw 17 interceptions, by the way, and say, well, you know, if we had Matthew Stafford, we would have won those games. 
like it's Matthew Stafford's sixth or seventh year in the National Football League. Can somebody let me know how long he been in the league? Hmm? <laughs> Soto man says, no excuses, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I listen to more of these guys. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Again, you know, early in the year, I think they kind of feasted on some teams that were finding sure. their way, you know, okay. to a degree. Right, All right, right, Chris. But. The the injury adeptly hey we were talking about Deshaun Watson early. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. missed a game and I think he couldn't practice for two weeks. And he came back and he never really found his mojo again. Yeah. He did not. Mm-hmm. You know, and it and was it, obvious too. Even Cowboy was. fans were like, Oh, what's wrong no, with that? No, it wasn't. You know, again, you go go to the Broncos game and on. Right. And I right. know there's some good statistical games there down the stretch, but again, what I would go is he feasted on the poor in some of those good statistical games. Yeah, yeah all right, they had the great day against the Raiders, sure. You know, the Falcons, they completely overmatched them. Big facts, People big were facts. wide open. You could have put almost any quarterback in the league in there, and they would have had good stats that day. You know, Hold on. Hold on. Hold your horses. You know, this is the thing that really get me angry and upset, Cowboy Nation. It really, it really get me angry and upset. Oh, you can put any quarterback against the Atlanta Falcons, and they would have won. They would have put up those numbers. So that means that every Atlanta Falcons game, I should pull up and I should see 50. I should see 50. I should see the opposing team scoring 50 against the Atlanta Falcons. But people continue to move the goalposts. I got them right where I want them. And it's nothing to do with what Dak Prescott did against that Atlanta Falcons defense. But it's on the flip side. Because everybody, mama, uncle, cousin, Tupac and Biggie, Shirley and Earl, and Tupac and Biggie climbing out of the grave, by the way, was saying that A.J. Terrell, oh, oh, he shut down, man. Oh, man, he don't allow nothing. Excuse me, can somebody pull up the score? A.J. Terrell is better than Trayvon Diggs. Look it up. PFF ranking and any of those other pundits and critics who like to put down on my guy Trayvon Diggs. I'm coming for all names over here. But now, all of a sudden, that Atlanta Falcons defense what he just said right there, you can put any quarterback and they can throw the ball all around the Atlanta Falcons. Come on, man. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Shame. 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 Come on now. <laughs> Craig and them, yeah. He said you forgot about Craig and them. Yeah. But now any quarter, see, that's what they, that's, I, that's what makes me angry about critics. They will say, oh, man, you know, Dak Prescott did that against the, the Eagles, man. They were just trying to find their way early in the weeks. Oh, man. You know, at the time, no one figured out the Carolina Panthers, but there was just fool's gold. There was 3-0. and but they really didn't have no deep nobody on their defense. But now when a guy moved from the from the Panthers to the Eagles just this offseason. Oh man, that was a real good situation, dude. Hassan Reddick, man, if you look at the numbers, I was like, man, Hassan Reddick. 
He was there week three when Ezekiel Elijah Elliott rushed all through him, right? Rushed over 150 yards. Tony Pollard said, look, look, let me eat some of that too. Put up over 70 yards. But when we played him, oh, man, you know, that was the old lonely Panthers defense, right? Yeah, 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 you know, they, that's the Panthers defense. Who are they? You know, they, they you know, ew. <laughs> you know, but now that he's gone, look, the craziest thing of it all, I can't make this stuff up. This is clearly for the Eagles fans. <laughs> all right, so you get her son ready, right? We read through him like a person that's lactose intolerant that had four glasses of milk, a cheesecake, and some ice cream, right? We ran through him like a faucet, you know? And then we caught all over James Bradbury, right? I think if you look at the final score, man, we torched the kid, right? They said, man, there's so much fire that they don't even call them giants no more. They are the midgets. No, you know, you know, no shade to the midgets or the little ones. No aim at them. But it's crazy. So we read through Hassan Reddick when he was with the Carolina Panthers. We caught all day on James Bradbury with the Giants. So now the Eagle solution for, 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 for them to beat us, who, by the way, we averaged over 20 points per game when we played them. You know, it's for them to go pick up Hassan and say, you know, he ain't going to do that now that he got a green uniform on. Like, all of a sudden, they give him power. Oh, excuse me. Now, all of a sudden, James Bradbury, he's going to be able to cover better since he took off of that crazy blue, that fake blue over there in Giants land. And now he got on green, midnight green. Now he's supposed to play better. Man, we ran through them boys on their individual tapes. You think we won't do the same? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. I can't make this stuff up, beautiful people. But let's listen to more of what they have to say. They talking a lot of stuff in Joe, by the way. <laughs> so they blew up the Washington football team when they were having fights on the sideline and being totally dysfunctional and playing like shit. And Hold on, man. Shame. Watch your mouth, Chris. Shame. Shame. Who caused them to start the fight? Who caused them to fight each other? <laughs> Shame. Shame. I can't make this Shame. beautiful stuff up, man. So we caused them to fight. We actually caused the Washington commodes to fight. Right. They got fecal matter coming out of the stadiums. Right. That was the only time they ever messed over and asked on anybody. Right. But that's a story of a different day, because when I saw the video and the highlight of the fecal matter coming off of the stadium, instead of them coming up with a new name, they should have fixed that stadium. It was on their own fan base, right? It wasn't on the visiting or the opposing fans, but that's the story of a different day. So you mean to tell me we caused them their dysfunctions, we caused them to fight amongst themselves, and all of a sudden it's now all in Washington's fault? Come on, man. Come on. I can't make this stuff up. Let's rewind. Let's listen to Christopher Sims once again. Sure. 
You know, the Falcons, they completely overmatched them. People were wide open. You could have put almost any quarterback in the league in there, and they would have had good stats that day. You know, they blew up the Washington football team when they were having fights on the sideline and being totally dysfunctional and playing like shit. And then he had huge stats and a meaningless game at the end of the year against the Eagles. You just take away the Washington Eagles game at the end of the year, and you go, you're missing 10 touchdowns and like 1,000 yards against teams that just the game didn't matter. Shame. 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 I can't make this stuff up. So if, if you move this around and you take that away and then you don't play this, well, God, dog, man. That just, that's just flat out hatred. Hatred. No one in the history of the New England Patriots conversation said, hey, you know what? If you take the Patriots... And you take them up out of the Jets, playing them twice a year, the Bills twice a year, and the Miami Dolphins twice a year, and put them in a more competitive conference, division, what have you. Maybe, just maybe, there won't be a clean ride, dare I say, to the playoff every year. And I'm not even, even going to name the team. But no one never did that. It's always the NFC. Oh, at least, you know. But everyone else, they give the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's just crazy, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Are you guys having a good time or not? You know, because this is hilarious, right? Come on, let's go. Um, So the stats are a little misleading that way. But to your point, when he came back from the injury, that is the thing I I think we saw is missed throws, a lot of misplays and throws on the field, and even to the extent like we talked about where you'd go, yeah, this was complete, but it should have been way bigger than this. But because it was off target, the guy had to slide to the ground or catch it and all that. And, hey, don't forget here, you know, as good as the year was statistically in that too, think about down the stretch. The offense and defense was having a competition – about who scored more touchdowns, and the defense was winning for like big a number facts, of weeks. They were not that great on the offensive side of the ball, big facts, big and facts. he was not throwing the ball all that great himself. They just got a little lucky to play some lesser teams down the stretch that you know helped them get in the playoffs and maybe look make their offense look a little better than it was. Yeah, nine. Uh, that's all bull sugar, man. I, I get it though. You know, I, I like the little slick hate and and um. <sighs> I'm not I'm not even going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, you know, because, you know, he's supposed to sweep the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. I mean, we had our backup quarterback in and we beat the Vikings. Right. So you mean to tell me Aaron Rodgers couldn't do that? And the Saints manhandled Aaron Rodgers. Hmm? Did we lose to the Saints? Oh, we didn't. Oh, he got to play the. Detroit Lions twice last year. I wonder if you just pick up the Cowboys and put them in that division and put Green Bay Packers in the NFC East, right? And what they be saying, like, you know, it's the Cowboys versus the Detroit Lions. And Chicago Bears, they had a rookie quarterback and a coach that really didn't know how to add two plus two, right? He was saying five and ten, you know. So, it's just crazy. I can't make this stuff up. I really can't. He keep they keep moving the goalposts, right? 
moving it, push it down, you know. Let's go. In of the Cowboys' 12 wins came against non-playoff teams last year. And if it wasn't for the defense, which was awful in 2020, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're not a playoff team. Maybe they don't win um, the Help division. Help them down the stretch, that's so, for sure. So here's the question. The NFC East is so weird yeah. every year just because it hasn't yeah. been good and teams that, that have gotten good haven't stayed that way. Right. The question that Pete posts here, can Dallas be the first NFC East team since 2004 to repeat as division champs. That's amazing that they haven't had a repeat division champ winner since then. It's insane. I would say no. That mm. would be my, you know, two cents there. Start with Tampa on NBC, Bengals at Giants, Monday Night Football, and then Washington Commanders, and then at Rams. I know. So, hey, first. Let's pause it right quick. Let me see if I can uh, blow this up so I can add this screen. They got a beautiful display, by the way. Let me see if I can blow this up. Yeah, I appreciate y'all for jumping in. Uh, thank those who watching right now, man, boy. Y'all, y'all ready for the final word tonight? Hopefully, uh, we can get things going. My face is going to freeze for a second, but get it out the way. And bam, let's see if I can get this one up there, uh, so you guys can see what they they talking about. But I really appreciate everybody for jumping in, uh, Cowboy Nation. Um, we we do play the Buccaneers first, right? And then we turn around and play the Bengals. Then the Giants on Monday Night Football. And then we play the Washington team. And then we play Aaron Donald, who, who we, when I say Aaron Donald, you guys already know. That's a good test. Five weeks in for this offensive front. I can't wait to see that part of it. Uh, let me see if I can pull this uh, schedule up for everyone. Bam, it's tiny, but I'm going to blow it up. And it may look blurry on your end, but uh, we're going to get it up there, right? We can get it up there. Bam. Let me know if you guys can see that. So with that being said, <clears throat> Bengals, Bucks, Giants, Commanders, and then the Rams. And then we go from the Rams to the Eagles. So with that being said, and then, of course, we got the Lions and Bears and Packers. Oh, my. You know, Lions, Bears, Packers, okay, and the Vikings. So we get a chance to eat off that division that I was just now talking about earlier, you know, oh, that Aaron Rodgers play in. And we play all of those boys back-to-back. Of course, we got that bye week at the bottom man. I think that right now the Vikings on week 11, they may be geared up to play the Cowboys. They said, look, hold on, man. It's been three years in a row now, so we got to figure out something. So I think that that's the situation. Then on Turkey Day, of course, we play against those Giants. Appreciate you, Hudson. Thank you for the donation to help elevate the nation. Uh, on the back end of this schedule, you got the Texans, the Jaguars, the Eagles, the Titans, and then back with the Washington team. Okay, I can't wait to see this. I really can't wait to see this and how this is all going to shake out. Let's listen to these boys. Two are going to be tough. Giants aren't going to be the same football team. I will be there that night at Giants Monday Night Football Week You're 3. You're going to be there? I'm going. I've never taken my kids to a Giants game. We're oh, going. that's cool. Yes. So oh, I'm, that's going to be pumped. awesome. I'm pumped for that right Where there. Where are you going to sit? I don't know yet. I haven't got the tickets yet. A sweet. I know right. a guy that has connections with the Giants. Yeah. I should be able to pull it off. Yeah. yeah. Would you want to be in a suite or do you want to be oh, uh, no, no, somewhere never, in seats? Oh, no, no. Never. I want to be in the thick of things yeah. and Into the thick yelling of it. And, and Pete's going to be there too. Yeah. But yes, I want to be in. Th- I, I was never a a sweet guy. 
I want to be in the crowd yeah. and feeling the energy of the stadium. A suite you feel cool. I've been in it a couple of times. Yeah, it's cool. It is Just cool. for a work thing. You go there right. while you're covering a game. You got you get caught in conversations in a suite. You yes. can't lock into the game. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Stadium in the middle of the stadium. Yeah, you might have a oh guy every God. now and then. Who it's like, the hell cares? All right, let's switch over to the next one, man. So that was the end of that uh, uh, excerpt. Let's switch over. Let me just make sure. Make sure himself, his toughness and NFL did it this year is that their first round was just all quarterbacks. It was yeah. just, you have to pick a quarterback right. here. Right. So if you really were building a team from scratch in round number one, you just, the rule was you had to pick a quarterback. What order would these guys go in? And that's basically, that's what, basically you're doing what we're here. doing here. Exactly right. You're but, right. And it's that's... interesting to me with the year that Dak had last year, a little concerning at the end of it, yeah. that if he's sitting there and mm-hmm. Lamar's sitting there mm-hmm. and you're on the clock, you, on you the see clock. all those things Lamar can do you're pulling the trigger for Dak I know I know it, it is it's a it's a tough one there it's a like nitpicky you know even the guy I got in front of Dak it was a that was a tough decision right. too but I came down to one thing a little bit there with even though Lamar's playmaking ability is great right you know again I do think okay Dak yes the injuries played a little bit into his downfall too right but still Dak makes, when you watch him, a ton of plays in the pocket. I mean, it's a lot of big throws, like I said, where, you know, again, we might not go, oh, wow, but I might go, damn, most quarterbacks here just wouldn't have hung in there and made that play or that throw. That's where he does separate himself. His toughness and pure man strength and uh, that ability to push the ball down the field in some of those situations. And, you know, again, even though he missed a lot of throws and things and left some yards on the field, right. for the most part, takes care of the ball to a degree, too. Yeah, He's not very that. careless. So even when he makes bad decisions, you go, ah, oh, that was a bad decision. But he'll, like, you know, he'll put the ball in a spot where it's, go, okay, it didn't get intercepted, even though that wasn't the best decision. There was another guy open. Right. right? He does that. That's where Do he's that. good at, in that department. Um, but, yes, the throwing needs to improve a little bit. And, you know, again, I think the health and some of the off-schedule plays that weren't as much this year, I would expect that to be better coming back, you know, just a little healthier than the last two years. And then I'm sitting on the clock at number 10, and I take Lamar, and I tell the media, I can't believe he was still there. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So those those old guys uh, on their assessment on uh, Dak Prescott. Now we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. It's Ezekiel Elliott time. And then we'll talk about Parsons uh, on on the latter end. Uh, for those who uh, called in, I, I appreciate you guys uh, for calling in. All right, so let me uh, while, while uh, before I switch over, let me go ahead and pull up this guy right here, and he's always been with some good stuff. DMB, you live, George, George, you live. George, <laughs> George, all right, man, call back, man. <laughs> all right, man, we tried to get George on the phone, man. We were just sitting there. Maybe, maybe I had him on hold for too long, man. Uh, <clears throat> let's switch over to the, to Ezekiel Elliott conversation. And for most people who don't want to listen to Ezekiel Elliott conversation, I get it, right? Uh, my my thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott. For all of these years, for most of these years, Ezekiel Elliott been that guy, that bell cow for this team. And it's it's funny that his droppage as relates to total production 
happened and occurred during the same time that we had something else to happen to this team or for this team. And it started with OC. But you guys can fill in the puzzle what OC stands for. But let's listen to this guy. I think more so now uh, my training uh, kind of focuses Something on to what, prove. What, I, what I need to get better at. Uh, what my can y'all hear Zeke? Are, uh, where I need to get stronger. I would say the main thing I'm focused on this year in my training is making sure my knees 100%. But do you think you have anything to prove? Um, I think every year we got something to prove. But you personally, though, I'm just Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, he definitely has something to prove. Look, the contract is what saved him. He would not be a member of the Dallas no Cowboys way. right now, barring a dramatic reduction in pay. He did the contract the year that he held out, and we advocated it. Yes, we did. Get your money while you can. It's yep. up to the team to figure it out on the back end. But no the guarantees vest a year in advance. His salary this year is fully guaranteed. It vested in 2021. That's the way you do a contract. You guarantee the money into a year beyond the current one, and it ties the team's hand, and they're stuck. They're stuck. I tried to ask Stephen Jones earlier this year some something along the lines of hypothetically, or but you know he wouldn't take the cheese. But the bottom line is he would not be on the team right now. No There's way. no way. Look at his rush yards per game last year. You can't justify giving him the money that he's due to make if it wasn't already fully guaranteed. Chris. No, it's you know again <clears throat> we advocated yes okay. for Ezekiel out to sit out and pay you know and sit there and you know you deserve to be paid now. But, but can we also advocate and say that? Dallas was way too generous and like gave him too good of a contract. I mean, I, I think what's fair to say that they did not find middle ground. They did not. And they, they are paying him still for what he did early in his career. He's nowhere near in the class of the top running back conversation in football. I have so much respect for this guy. And I don't like talking like this about guys like this. I feel bad sometimes for running backs in the NFL. Excuse me. Let me interject. Please let me interject. And while y'all looking at Ezekiel Elliott run, let me get this one up off the screen right quick. So, <clears throat> are we trying to pay right now Dalton Schultz of what he done or what he's projected to do? Let me say that. And Dalton Schultz is sitting out of OTAs, Right? even though he got $10.9 million, $11 million, by the way. But when you start to think about Ezekiel Elliott and this chart right here, and you say to yourself, okay, 2018, yeah, he was in that yellow place. What happened in 2019? What happened in 2020? What happened in 2021? Oh, the change. The change of offensive coordinator. One thing I can tell you guys, 2018 Ezekiel Elliott, he, he led the league in rushing. No one had more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott. Let me make sure. Let me pull up this right quick. Yeah, 2000. Let me go 19. We're going to pull up 2018 right quick. 1,434 yards rushing out of 304 attempts or carries, basically. Led the leagues in carries. Ed also led the league in rushing. What people don't see, that's not highlighted. Of course, he got six rushing touchdowns. He had three total catching touchdowns. So that'll put you at nine. Six plus three was nine, right? 4.7 yards per tote. And, of course, that was ranking at the 20th. But that's been his ranking, right? 
4.5 to to close to 4.9 average. That's, that's just the way he runs. But what people fail to realize in 2018, Ezekiel Elliott, who led the team in reception that year? I think Ezekiel Elliott did. It could have been someone else, but I think that Ezekiel Elliott has 77 receptions. Let me pull up right now. If you're talking about like productions and you're talking about money or what have you, let me pull up Dalton Schultz. Did he have 79 receptions? Let me pull up Dalton Schultz. Oh, he has 78. Look, right now he's looking for his bag, and he only had one more reception than Ezekiel Elliott. He's looking for his bag, and he only had eight touchdowns. He's looking for his bag. Let me pull back up Ezekiel Elliott, by the way, for those who out there who don't understand what I'm saying. He had 77 receptions. 567 yards receiving. Explosive 10 plus runs, 41. Now, he did have a lot of fumbles that year. I heard a lot of people were crying about that in Ezekiel Elliott in 2018. He had those fumbles. But forced missed tackles, 37, that's nothing to sneeze at, Cowboy Nation, and everyone that's listening. What I want to tell you guys is, yes, I get it. I absolutely get it. But Ezekiel Elliott, in his mental mindset, he was looking at it like, dude, I had 1,434 yards rushing. I had 567 yards receiving. That's half of a thousand receiving. I had 77 reception yards or 77 uh, uh, receptions. Man, you know what? Y'all ain't finna kill me. I see the writing on the wall. You're getting rid of Scott Lenahan. Hey, at that time, they was in between the fact that they're going to fire Jason Garrett or not. Man, give me my money during this offseason. Give me my money. Give me my money. And the Cowboys went and drafted. They went and drafted Tony Pollard, who is, I'm not trying to put down Tony Pollard. I absolutely like Tony Pollard. I like what he brings to the table. But Ezekiel Elliott had every right to fight for his bag, just like my guy Dalton Schultz is fighting for his right now. And do I think that the Cowboys dropped the ball by putting the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz? Yes. Should have let that man test the market. We could have been looking at the likes of maybe Hayton Hurst, O.J. Howard, before they signed with other teams. But I don't think that that would have been a team to give Dalton Schultz $14 million based upon what he did last season. Well, we got that production out of Ezekiel Elliott in 2018, and we wasn't even trying. But I digress. This is the situation that the Cowboys are in. They painted themselves into this corner. I get it. You want to predict the future, and you will say to yourself, yeah, man, you're going to pay this man for advancements. But if you don't have the person that can put things in right places, like the Cowboys, look, I got to say this, man, for all of you guys, so that y'all got to understand this. Shout out to you, Mr. Wright. You got to know that you had to go through some growing pains. You had to know that. You had to say to yourself, if I'm going to elevate Kellen Moore as my offensive coordinator, there will be some growing pains. And I'm not saying that Kellen Moore is trash. 
But you had to, you had to look into this thing and say, all right, Kelly Moore, there will be some growing pains, but we like what we see out of you. We see the future down, down the line. But this is the reality of it. You had to know that by elevating a young, inexperienced offensive coordinator that his production is going to drop. And then you had to say to yourself, if you go out and grab a Mike McCarthy that who was shy and didn't never really ran the ball in Green Bay land, right? He's known for his passing. That you have to say to yourself that those levels of production is going to drop. I digress. Play call it matters is for my guy, Mr. Wright. He says uh, his production went down under a new system. Zeke is the same guy. Watch his runs. Play calling has to be better under Kellen. You right. You right, man. Oh my goodness, you right. Yeah, uh, my guy Johnny Woods says he is trash, Law. Go ahead and say it. Say it. Say it. He is trash. <laughs> I ain't finna do that man like that They're the freakiest guys on the planet For the first 25, 26 years of their life And then they play 4 or 5 years in the NFL And all of a sudden they're like Man I don't know if I'm the freakiest guy in the running back room anymore (laughs) And that's what happens And that's what I would argue with, with Dallas To me the contract itself A little bit hurts the football team because they're always trying to justify him playing and him being in the lineup and him getting carries. He's the second best running back on their football team. Again, I don't feel proud saying that, but they leave yards and plays on the field throughout the year because they leave Ezekiel Elliott on the field because they want to justify $15 million a year for him. He's not as good as Tony Pollard. Pollard's the better running back on the football team. The stats say that, my eye says that, the film says that, whatever you want to say, and that's where it stinks. But, yeah, that's part of the problem why Dallas has had some salary cap issues and all of that, and uh, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, they're they're stuck here with them. Bull sugar. Shame. 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 The Cowboys, the only organization that get hit with the guys that's on the team currently that there's always got to be a versus there's always got to be a versus instead of those guys working together the pundits the critics always say hey man cd lamb is better than coop or coop is better than cd lamb hey man blake jarwin is better than schultz Schultz better than Blake Jarwin. There's always that conversation. Ezekiel Elliott is better than Tony. No, Tony is better than Ezekiel Elliott. There'll always be that. Great divide. Good ice cream, by the way, but horrible in this sports. Horrible. I I comb through most of contents that surround the world as it relates to sports and NFL in general. And I couldn't find where people would say, hey, man, Chubbs is good, but that Kareem Hunt, man, shoot, he got a little bit more wiggle. You don't get that from other organizations on how they belittle and and ridicule and sully and denigrate, put verses against each other. They talk about tandems. But in Dallas, it shouldn't exist. I like Tony Pollard, guys. I do. But let's not relegate Tony Pollard just 
as a running back. I think that he's a unique, specialized weapon. He is. Right? And for the uh, the Eagles fans that's watching, I admired you guys' running approach when you won the Super Bowl. You went and got some guys that wasn't afraid to roll up their sleeves. Right? Was it LeGarrette Blunt? You know, he would smoke them up, and then you had another one-two combination with two other running backs. That was good. It wasn't about fly eagles fly at the time. It was run eagles run. Right? But over here in Dallas land, it's all about who's better. Who's who, If we had that same situation, it's about, hey, man, we need to have somebody that's better instead of utilizing both guys at the same time or utilizing those guys to maximize their strength. It's always a versus. I can't wait for the next person. They build up on the wide receiver to break them down. I hope it's not C.D. Lamb, but it could be. Matter of fact, if James Washington come off the gates, hitting that thing, watch. Mark my word. It may be spearheaded from the Cowboys' own media, and I'm not calling them out. I'm just calling the spade a spade. Shoot, James Washington make you forget all about Michael Gallup. Should the Cowboys not paid Michael Gallup because James Washington, instead of looking at it like, man, we got a guy that's unique who's similar to Michael Gallup killing it, right? But they already putting James Washington, (laughs) or it could be Jalen Tobert, right? (laughs) Uh, People say Zeke is injury prone. This is my guy, Mr. Wright, one year injured. Compared to all of these backs in the league, Zeke stayed available, healthy. All running backs has different styles. Yeah. I remember and I recall people banging on the table. Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott can't even tie his shoelaces. Where's Saquon Barkley people at now? Hmm? Right now. You spotted it a couple of years ago. Once you get through the front level, he couldn't turn that that. 15-yard gain into a 50-yard gain. Exactly right. Exactly. Too many runs with meat left on the bone, to your point, is what we used to say. Here's the reality. (laughs) Here's where the Cowboys got themselves into trouble. They thought they were going to be able to cozy up the Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, throw an arm around them, and talk them into doing some sort of a team-friendly deal. And they, they overplayed their hand with both guys. And it blew up on them with both guys. Dak Prescott's contract... Better than any of the others that have been done. Maybe even better than Deshaun Watson's because it forces the Cowboys back to the table after only right. three seasons right. at $40 million per year. Right. And Watson, especially under the circumstances, we'll talk about that coming up, but Watson's contract, probably better. But I would have taken Prescott's over Mahomes, Prescott's over Josh Allen's, Prescott's over anyone's except maybe Deshaun Watson's. And it's all contract. because about they, they screwed around. They waited too long and thought they could talk him into taking less than than what he was worth, and they ended up paying him even more. Same thing with Elliott. They forced the holdout instead of just paying him and offering him something that would have avoided all of that. And once he dug in, they they were stuck. 
And, you know, the broader issue, too, Michael Carter of the Jets spoke about this last week. I wrote an yeah. item about it over the weekend. Shout out to you, Sheila. Running backs are underpaid in Carter's estimation, especially as we see receivers get more and more money. But the difference is receivers aren't getting banged around. They're getting hit by safeties yeah, they and can quarterbacks. Last. Right. Running backs are getting hit by defensive linemen and linebackers. There's only so much you can take before it all changes. Christian McCaffrey, after three years, Panthers give him a huge contract. He's played 10 total games since then. It's not his fault. It's the position. It's the position. Oh, now it's the position. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, it on. is yeah. something that results in injuries and ineffectiveness and just overall your body can't do it anymore. You're older. Your, your, your body is older than it should be because it's been beaten around so much. And that, that's why. And that, that's why you have to be careful. It's, it's a tough analysis. You want to keep that great running back, but you know the end is coming. And, yeah. and for Ezekiel Elliott, the end of, a, of being a high-end running back is already come and gone. Agreed, right? Well, well, hold on, hold on. I, I, I knew I had to bring this all the way up. So we're going to look at 2016, okay? We're going to look at 2016, 1,631 yards rushing, right? Cowboys were fifth in offense, fifth in total defense, I believe, that year. You guys can uh, look that up for yourselves. Let me know if I'm right. And then 2017, 10th in rushing. We knew that he was hosed out of six games, right? Right? Did they come down with any suspensions of Deshaun Watson yet? And I'm not saying that I'm out here looking for people to get suspended. But I'm quite sure conduct unbecoming for the NFL brand and shield. I think that Deshaun, whether or not he's innocent or guilty, I think that he got more things cast into a bad light juxtaposed to Ezekiel Elliott for whatever he ever done in his entire life, right? But that's a story of a different day, right? <laughs> We're not finna go into details because I can only imagine what the NFL would have done if we had a guy, you know, asking for happy endings at the massage. Whether or not people are lying or telling the truth. Old folks right. Old folks say not everybody's lying. Somebody's telling the truth. Can't everybody come up with the same lie. But that's a story of a different day. 2018. He finished up with 1,434 yards. No one had more rushing yards than Ezekiel Elliott, okay? But this is the cookie. 2019, fourth in rushing. That's when everybody was saying, Mama, Uncle, Shirley, Tupac, and Biggie climbing out of the grave, uh, Illuminati all over my body, baby. Saquon Barkley. I, I forgot who won the rushing title that year. It could have been Kareem Hunt or it could have been Chubb. I don't know. Y'all can let me know. 1,357 yards, 301 totes second in the NFL in 2019 on a quarter on a quarterback who had shoulder injuries right in that Eagles game if he win that game boy who who would have known what would have happened right oh and on top of that in that it was a Patriots game right Patriots game oh my gosh man that's the game that we supposed to won right in the monsoon against a Super Bowl caliber team and we couldn't muster out that win we finished that season eight and eight, the last season under Jason Garrett. And then you expect the next year 
for this guy to be the leading rusher. He falls back down into 10th, 2020. And then 2021, he goes into seventh. There were six other six other running backs better. And his carries, what happened? Oh, he began to split his reps with a less talented offensive coordinator to call the plays. You guys get what I'm saying? 2019, 2020. 2021, he began to split those reps. And a lot of people, y'all want me to keep it real with you. In 2019, that same game, hear me out, my memory served me correct against those Philadelphia Eagles. We marched all the way down the field. And when it was time to get right into the red zone, Ezekiel Elijah Elliott tapped the top of his helmet and they brought in Tony Pollard. The first thing Tony did in that game was play basketball with the football. He hot sauced him. <laughs> Fumble, turnovers on down. That was the only time we got into the red zone. Momentum is everything. See, a lot of people, they look at, and I'm not saying that Tony is injury prone or fumble prone or any of those things in big games and big moments. But the same people that's begging for something that they want will be begging for something that they want to change. I digress. But but look at that game. They were like, eh. They turn on TV. Oh, the Cowboys driving. They, oh, they get to the red zone. They moving at will. Oh, why is Zeke Elliott tapping his helmet? Okay. They put the rookie in. Come on. Yeah, he's better. Y'all remember that sound on Tech Mobile? Ball on the grass. Agreed. You're right. I mean, really, ultimately, and, that, and again, this is part of the Cowboys problem, he's, he's the guy you would want to be – Oh, this is our second guy. This is our this is our backup running back who comes in and gives us a little juice. And man, look how hard he runs. And this is our backup. And you got to deal with him for a few minutes. But you know the point you brought up, and that the point I've been trying to make a little bit over the last two years, really, is yes. You know, as far as what he's being paid, um, yes, there's not. It doesn't meet the the results on the field. There's there is too many plays where I go, oh, six yard gain. Damn, that should have been twenty five yards. If that was one of the top five or six running backs, that would have been. You know, oh, twelve yard gain. He just had to make that one guy miss and it would have been sixty yards. Doesn't ever do it. That to me is the difference between the great running backs and yeah, Mike, I think you're spot on. I mean I think we're you're seeing. There's a reason. You know, it, 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 I think teams are starting to get to the point where it doesn't really matter. Maybe you know a running back will change our thought every now and then, but you almost got to think about every three years we got to draft a running back. And maybe every two years if you're really a running football team. I think you're seeing like the Patriots, the 49ers with Shanahan. They're kind of going that way where they're going, well, we're just going to draft one every year. You know, because guy, two guys can get hurt in the same year. We need to keep our running offense here, you know, and, and these guys kind of fall by the waysides every three or four years. So that's why you have to do it. And I think that's going to continue to be a trend. And I think that is the biggest difference between what Michael Carter or the Jets is trying to say and you're saying is, yeah, receivers, 
They can de- double digits part of their career, and we still go, damn, they're really good still. Whoa, that guy's in year 10 and 12. He's really good. F- running backs, what, when does that happen over the time here? Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, Emmett Smith, maybe Derrick Henry can do it because he's freak of nature, but like we're talking about four or five guys that have gotten to that second and third contract and still kind of look good at the running back position over the last 20 years. It's, it's very limited. And Derrick Henry is averaging $12.5 million per year. Exactly. So contract. they didn't, they didn't, they didn't you know, take the cheese to your point there. Yeah. And, and he missed nine games last year. That's right. Th- th- that's the problem. Yep. It's the nature of the position. You're going to make the investment in players that are more likely to be available to play. And it's not a criticism of the players. It's just an inherently dangerous position relative to the other big-ticket positions on offense. Let's- well, this is the thing. How, how can you explain that, Dan? And we got to understand that the NFL salary cap structure is by far the worst. It's the worst. You go get, you go play baseball. You can get those coins, baby. You go play basketball. You can go get those coins. But everything is relegated upon. Oh, did you do this? Did you do that? When you don't even have a chance to showcase what you can really do. You can't really separate like the Raiders, Randy Moss. He couldn't really st- stand tall and say, "Hey, these are the things that I'm able to present." Because of the quarterback during the time that he was playing for the Raiders. So a lot of contracts are situational based as it relates to what you do for your said team. So how do you start to say, okay, I'm going to pay this guy. Oh, surely only because of the stats. Oh, or surely only what, because you see on the field. And this is the craziest thing. I've been going back and forth with a lot of people as it relates to David and Joku, right? The Cleveland Browns believe in him. They do. They absolutely believe in him. And they put a franchise tag on him so that they can work out a long-term contract, right? They did that. But when you look at, you know, the highest paid tight ends or what have you, and I know this thing kind of look weird. Let's see if I can fix it a little bit. Here we go. If we look at this right here, the highest paid tight ends, $15 million is going to George Kittle. $14.3 is going to Travis Kelsey. Now, when we start talking about money, people start to say, oh, who is better? Shoot, give me Kelsey over uh, Kittles any day. But it's all about the time that they got their particular contract. And those are two old contracts, by the way. But now you start looking at it like, okay, Dallas Godard, he had $14.2 million, right? That's his contract. That's his APY. Schultz is looking at this saying, all right, pull up my stuff. Pull up my stats, law, and let me go side by side to Dallas Godard. Let me put Dallas Godard up first, right? Let me pull up Dallas Godard. Okay. 830 yards, four tubs, right? That was last season. Pretty good. 56 receptions. Okay. And, of course, he didn't play every game. Okay. The previous year, 46 receptions, 524 yards, three tubs. So, now if you Schultz, let me pull up Schultz. Oh, Schultz. If you Schultz, 
Let me pull up Schultz right quick. Let me pull up Schultz. He said, hey, I had 78. I had less yards, but your honor, look at those eight tubs that I had. I believe that catching touchdown help you win games, right? <laughs> and then let's pull up my 2020 year. Oh, I had four touchdowns, 63 receptions, 615. My collective two years is better. I don't care whether or not he was injured or not. I want, I want this bag. I want more than him. You see what I'm saying? The franchise tag removes all realism because you insert emotions, feelings, and you insert your game plan by the Cleveland Browns saying, okay, we're going to give this kid $13.6 million, right? APY. Because we believe it in him, twenty-eight million guaranteed, fifty-seven million dollars overall. Now all of a sudden, you got to look at this thing and say, "All right, my client is better. I want that contract." And the Cowboys are looking at it like, "Man, we ain't finna give you that." And I' quite sure that Ezekiel Elliott. When it was time for him to look at his contract and he saw what happened to Todd Gurley, he was like, shoot, Todd Gurley asked for his money early. I'm going to ask for mine too. And I want my contract to be comfortable just like his. And that's my friend. I wish I had the uh, contract side by side. It's exactly what happened. A.J. Jones said, you already signed the contract. Get out there and play. Yep, you're right. Uh, Juno Smith after the catch is insane. His numbers went down with Mac Jones after the Tennessee. Yeah. Prime example, Jay Lombardi. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. You know. <laughs> Keith says, uh, Law, you're funny. You compare a two pony versus a one trick pony. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel exactly what you said, Keith. You know, but. Out of this list and what the Cowboys do with their particular team, and if you talk to somebody that's gonna who can block, like Juno Smith and David Njoku, let me look down this list. Um, Kittles, Kelsey, all of those guys, Andrews. What they are able to do with their particular team, if you pick them up and put them on this team, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But I get what you're saying. Um, and two-trick pony. <laughs> I love that said. <laughs> but I appreciate you. All right. The new face of the franchise is my guy. Last but not least, Michael Parsons on this subject, subject line. Gronkowski is not on that list. Yeah, because of Gronkowski, I think uh, his contract expired, but he was making some good more money. He's making some good money, though. Uh, but they had to re-up him a new contract. And in an excerpt, what I was saying collectively is that this is the thing. This is truth. It got to be. Schultz is looking to reset the market. 
And every year there will be someone who's you never think will reset the market. I think one year Derek Carr, he reset the market. He reset the market. He was able to reset the market. And then that opened up alleyways for, okay, that's what he got paid. I right, wait till my turn. Then Stafford got paid. I think Matt Ryan. And then um, I want to say um, Russell Wilson. So the market going to reset is not going to be stuck at 15, 14.3. And I'm quite sure George and Travis Kelsey is waiting. They waited. They said, okay, we can't wait till we get into our 20s. Right now, the highest paid DB is Denzel Ward. Is that correct? Is he the highest paid DB out there? Or is it uh, Jackson? So there's always going to be someone who reset the market that you look at and be like, oh, man, how in the world, man? <laughs> but Denzel Ward is no one to sneeze at. Shout out to him. He's my guy. He's my guy. But what I want to say is Parsons is now the new face of the franchise. And we waiting. We waiting for his second year to roll up. I said earlier in my video, we talked about this especially about the defense heading into their second year with Dan Quinn calling the shots. And I think the Joe Witt Jr., Al Harris, I think the world of those guys, uh, Durday and all of those boys over there, George Edwards, I think that they're going to get this team rolling. We went from the 28th ranked in some categories. We were ranked 30th. We went all the way down to the 12th ranked in some categories. Some stats have us the seventh-ranked defense last season, and some stats, uh, they collect everything. I really think that this defense, minus, even minus, Randy Gregory and DeMonte KZ and Keon O'Neal, that this defense can improve. Uh, Mendoza says, Law, you coming to Denver for joint practices uh, where at in Denver they're going to have those joint practices. I know I'm going out there to Oxnard, but as far as those other practices, I have to look at my schedule. But I should, you know, catch up with uh, with Denver practice versus the Cowboys. I can't wait to see that. Uh, your thoughts on, this is Brian Bradford, appreciate you. Thought, thought it was Jalen Ramsey. Okay, yeah, appreciate Jalen Ramsey. But what I want to say is, reason why, uh, Nijo says Schultz value is right at 10.9. <laughs> before, before I get over there to talk about that and talk about Parsons, let me, let, me, let me correct this one. That is not his actual value. We don't know his true value. The Cowboys put a franchise tag on him which elevated his value to 10.9. We don't know what the open market would have rendered. Hayton Hurst got it paid just three, three to $4 million, something like that. If you pick up Hayton Hurst and put him on this team, I promise you guys, I promise you guys, some of those yards have to catch, you'd be like, wow, he can catch it and get upfield. Those contested catches, oh, my goodness. That boy is amazing. 
But things get inflated when you put the emotions. I look at the franchise tag as emotions because it elevates everything. No one knew what Dak Prescott would have been able to render on the open market, but the Cowboys placed a franchise tag on him. They didn't even sought to put the tender two first-round draft picks. But one thing I can tell you that I can tell you right now at 10.9 with Dalton Schultz, and I'm not saying that Schultz is trash or anything like that. It's not his fault of what the Cowboys front office decision did or what have you. But I can guarantee you this, that his desire to the 31 other teams is not that high in demand. Case in point, if you do the same thing, if I pull up this list right here and I put a first-round tender for George Kittle or Travis Kelsey, there would have been teams biting for those boys. And I'm not saying that Kittles is light years ahead of George. I'm about to say George Shorts, but Dalton Shorts, you know. But this is the thing. The Cowboys painted themselves. They had no business doing that. They had no reasons doing that. <sighs> Case in point, even if they never put a tender on Dalton Schultz. Name me a team that will be willing to pay Dalton Schultz, Schultz more than 12.5 APY. Name me, name me a team that's looking at it and saying, okay, we will pay them 12.5. then you can go back and return and match that and say, Dalton, I'm going to let you test the market and let's save a team. Hear me out. Let's use the Cleveland Browns, for example. And they say, okay, we're going to give Dalton shows 3.6. Wouldn't that still be cheaper than what Dalton Schultz is asking for now? I guarantee you that wouldn't have been a team to say, all right, we give shows 15, 16, 17 APY. When Hayden Hurst went on the market for three, I think OJ Howard went on the market for four or three or something like that. That's just basic math. I'm just telling you guys, and I'm not, Look, I'm not taking or discounting Schultz. I really like his game set and I like his skills. But I don't think that a team look at what he brought to the table and say, I'll I pay 14, 15 million. Not a team that would do that. And if so, you can match it. That's not an inescapable number that you say to yourself that you can't match. And on top of that, you would have had $10.9 million of free money that you could have played around and moved around with. We would have been sitting literally at $33 million right now 
So that goes to show you that before I get into this conversation that I wanted to talk about, that goes to show you that when I pull this up and the Rams went out there and reworked Aaron Donald deal for $40 million more, 95, he get 95 million. They gave pretty much Jalen Ramsey a high contract, max contract Jalen Ramsey. This dude, Aaron Donald, coming off of his high contract. Cooper Cup, he got a high contract. And for kicks, the same contract that you guys complaining about Dak Prescott, they paid Matthew Stafford with breeze. With a breeze of the of the tip of the tip of the ink that's coming out of the, the pen. And gave him that same contract, but more than Dak. No pulling teeves. No backbiting. Let's go ahead and pay this man his money right quick. And we got a Zubo too, by the way. Let's go ahead and pay Aaron Donald again. Oh, let's go ahead and pay Taylor Ramsey. And just last night, they paid Odell Beckham. I don't even know his contract details. I didn't even pull that up. I can't make this stuff up. But what I want to talk about right quick, shout out to the people that are making the donation. Uh, Keith Floyd says, Law, you crazy. Every tight end is ahead of Schultz is on that list can run routes that Schultz can only dream about, plus that block. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> plus they block. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Keith Floyd. Me and you are, are talking about the same thing, right? We were literally talking about the same thing. We're literally talking about the same thing. It's what I'm saying. But when you franchise tag someone, that elevates their mindset, and they're saying, okay, Schultz, based upon his stats, based upon what he brought to the table last season, is more than Dallas Godard and a whole lot more than what David Njoku exhibit. It's no time to talk about tape and yards after catch because they're only going to present the stats. Right? They're only going to present the facts with the stats. My client want my my he want that that Godard contract. But more. He want to reset the market. Now I'll make a I'll make a, a two hour video. <laughs> The day the Cowboys signed him to a two-year deal or one-year deal, and it's impossible for them to sign him to a one-year deal because he's making 10.9 right now. He's looking for a long-term contract. And it would, it would actually help the Cowboys, by the way. Uh, Texas Eagle, is there ever such a thing? What you doing in Texas and you're an Eagle? Love your show, Law. As an Eagle fan, I say, let the trash talk begin. I know AJ and Micah going to do their thing. Hmm. But it's not predicated upon AJ. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Law, do you have any truth to Shame. that? You know, because it's not predicated upon him because it goes back to this right here, Cowboy Nation. You can paint the picture, but you cannot predict the weather. He can run the route, but he can't predict how the ball is going to come out. And here we go. Hurts the throw, picked <laughs> off. It's Trayvon Diggs. 
<laughs> Nobody's going to catch him. <laughs> you must be out of your goddamn mind. You know, because this is the thing. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Hey, it is what it is. Let the trash talking begin. We got breaking news. Oh, we got breaking news, baby. Who knew that we would have breaking news at this time of the day? And I'm looking for the news that can hit the owls. Hey, 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 here it is right here. The problem is, is when you're dealing with a diehard cowboy fan, you just got to know that this is what's going to happen. Hey, oh, oh, you going to patch a man now? Patch a man now. <laughs> we answered. I talked stuff. I thought we had it. But it goes to show you who's a better team. And I'm sticking cowboys. You're crying. You're, you're crying. <laughs> I hurt. <laughs> I love my Eagles. I don't believe it. You gonna flap the hat one more time for the Eagles for the hard fight you did? Let's go, birds fly, Eagles fly, still Super Bowl chance for now. <laughs> that never gets old, but it's the good stuff that keep on going over here with Cowboys Country because now you got. You see, my guy, Michael Parsons, minding his own business. You know, he's working out with the great Charles Haley. You know, he's working out on his swim technique. He's getting his acro aerobatic stuff together. He runs a 4-3. I'm talking about the kid could just do it all, right? That's just what he brings to the table. Look, look, that, that's back in the days, of course, before he even put on even Penn State colors. But he, you know he got the 4-3 speed. He can probably catch better than AJ, but that's a story of a different day. But here's the truth of it right here, Cowboy Nation. This is the thing. They say this, I'm from the country. Let Sleeping dogs lie. You know what I'm saying? Let them be to themselves. Don't pet the animals. You know, stay away. Stay at least a couple of feet from the cage. But y'all Eagles fans, and now it it sprinkled down to the players. Now you guys are talking noise. The players. The players. You see the difference between Parsons and AJ. You see Parsons was saying, I'm the Terminator, and I'm going to make this quarterback my baby. I'm going to make that quarterback my baby during the season. You see, this dude is talking in June and July and all of those times when it's sunny outside. We try to wait for when it's time to put on those pads. Do we play them? <laughs> Do we play them in October? Come on. <laughs> 86 is so, uh, so key to our pure 12 offense. You know, uh, I feel you, which is our best. I feel you, Cowboy Sports uh, by Charles in charge. He is the key to our 12 personnel. But I love it, Cowboy Nation. I love it. I can't wait to see those Eagles. I can't wait, man. But our focus is on week one, Buccaneers, right? Staying healthy, seeing who can really make this team make an impact. While they're focused, you hear it, it's on us. We're living rent-free, you know. <laughs> you know, I say this story all the time, Cowboy Nation. Why 
the turtle really beats the hare, it's not that he's faster. It's not that he's more athletic. It's none of those things. It's because he already been in that race. He already been down that pathway. And while the rabbit is jumping around, showing everyone his fluffy tail, his athleticism, he get off track. He get clouded with his focused mind and his mental makeup. He get thrown off. And I love it, Cowboy Nation, because slow and steady wins the race. The eagles think that if we can be loud and boisterous, if we can just talk it, right, if we can just start to say to ourselves, maybe if our mindset can be that, right, rent-free. Rent-free is what we got right now, Cowboy Nation. While the eagles jumping around, showing their tail, letting everybody know that here we come, you know, or here they go. We slow and steady. You know, we never called out, we want Washington. We want Giants. We never said that. We never said, hey, we want Eagles. But they do for sure. Those Eagles fans with their beaks out. Saying that they want Dallas. Saying that they need Dallas to validate them. That they want them. Cowboys. But the craziest thing. When you pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. When you ask for the things that you want, be careful, you may get them. They had t-shirts and trash and trinkets saying beat Dallas. We chilling. We got our mindset on our race. But they want to come to us and show their feathers. They want to rip out their bird chest in June. That's crazy. Let me hear it again. You pray for rain, you got to deal with the mud too. You know, I get it. They got their Super Bowl in 2017. Shout out to them. They get a cookie. They had multiple championships before 1960. Right? Now, lo and behold, that was before we was a team. Right? But everybody, they still love to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They do. And we chilling, eating our oodles and noodles, staying focused. We ready to put our pads on, but we still working on our small things, right? It's the little things you do. They make me want to get with you. Oh. <laughs> and now all we gonna do is the boom, 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 and the zoom, 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 all over them, huh? <laughs> In a physicality type of way, from, from the helmets, to the shoulder pads and beyond. Five years been since 2017, by the way. See how fast those years roll? But slow and steady wins the race, though. Keep that in mind. Cowboy Nation, I really want you guys to do what Sheeta Neal just did. <laughs> Pull out those broomsticks and sweep away, baby. Sweep away. Because <laughs> that's what we did last season. 
I tell people all the time, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or lied about don't deal in lies or hate it and yet give way to hate it and yet don't look too good, eagles write that down nor talk too wise. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same, if you can better hear the truth you've spoken Twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools Or watch the things you gave your whole life for Broken and stooped and build back up again with worn out tools hmm? If you can watch those things And also If you can do the things in life just like that The trials, the troubles, the problems. It's complicated. It's so complicated, Cowboy Nation. The things that you build and they being built back up again with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all of your earnings to risk it on one turn. To lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe one word of your loss. That is what Parsons said last season. You know what? I'm not even going to look back at the things that I lost. I'm going to focus on the things that I can gain now. And if you can walk with kings and presidents, nor lose the comic touch. If neither foe or loving friends can harm you. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. You have unlocked the true meaning of what it takes to be a man. That's been my time, Cowboy Nation. I really appreciate you guys. Shout out to everybody that's watching. One love, baby. DC for life. Not for short. Thank those who watch it from the beginning to the end. You can check out this podcast also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Roku devices, and Amazon TV. DC for life. Salute. We about. Peace. Let's go. See y'all a little later on tonight. Let's go. Yep. Nowadays, nothing really is ice when only come on me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell him it's ice. I got boys for y'all, bling and she ice. Freeze, free, photo, photo, please, no photos. No, no, jeez, no, 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 please, no photos. Skit, scat, appreciate you. Mr. Wright, thank you. Keith Floyd, Texas Eagles. If you're down in my management, I'm just warming up a way to lie. Cowboy Sports Report by Charles and Charge. And shout out to you, Scott. Let's go. Run it up. I used to be quiet and out of luck. Now I'm moving up and move humble because they hate me and jealousy. My mama telling me, count up your blessings and run it up. Nowadays, nothing really is ice. Only one of me and nobody's like me. Phone ringing and I tell them it's ice. You know, here's here's what I got, man. Here, let me put the camera back on me over here. Shout out to Cowboys Nation. You know, I get it. The Eagles got the Stockholm Syndrome. You know, that's just what it is. They love it. They love it. They come back to the abuser. And they love to sit in and listen. 
because they do not believe on their own that they can make it without the abuser. We've been abusing them for three consecutive games. Not by no simple touchdown, by the way. And even if you don't want to count the last, last game, but I'm going to count it because I know that if the shoe was on the other end, baby, y'all will be counting everything. So turn me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Shout out to you, Cowboys Sports Report. George, appreciate you. Shout out to the people that's on the Facebook, too. Two one five. He says he can't stop talking about the Eagles. This is the craziest thing. <laughs> I can't stop because y'all keep talking about them and putting their names and their information in my in my content pool. It is pure comedy for me. <laughs> but it's I don't know what it is for you. <laughs> but you the one got Stockholm syndrome. Look it up. <laughs> He gonna be looking up Stockholm Syndrome And after he read it He's gonna be like You liar No 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 That's what you got That's what you got That's what you got FBI open up <laughs> Come on I can tell you one thing You here And I'm not at, on the Philadelphia Eagles content page <laughs> I don't go there by the way <laughs> But y'all come here <laughs> Let's make this make sense Cowboy Nation Come on. They created, they don't even try. <laughs> but they said y'all over here. <laughs> Cause they know. Get out of here, you know. <laughs> Come on, baby. I can't make this stuff up. Let go. <laughs> Dogs on y'all. That dog got more heart than all of the Eagles, man. What we tell him, baby? Don't let the street lights Come on, baby. Mr. Nasty Cat. So far, so far. 
if a paper crane can fly, then forever doesn't feel that far. So far, so far. If a paper crane can fly, fly on, fly on, fly on, fly on, fly on. The two teams, in my opinion, with the greatest rivalry as far as this city is concerned, took the field. And the team from this city, they didn't even show up. We got out-coached. We got out-physical. We got out-manned. We got out-wanted to. We got out-aggressive. You name it. Any adjective that you can come up with, the Dallas Cowboys outdid us in that area. Because if there's two games that you get up for, you get up for the damn Dallas Cowboys. The two teams, in my opinion, <laughs> Oh, my gosh, man. Hey, just for the Eagles fans, fans that's here right now, man, this is me, man, just kicking it with y'all, man. But I got to listen to my guy, Monty, one more time, man. I don't think we can get tired of this. We answered. I talked stuff. I thought we had it. But it goes to show you who's a better team. And I'm sticking Cowboys. You're, you're crying. I'm hurt. <laughs> I love my Eagles. I don't believe it. You're going to flop the hat one more time for the Eagles? Man, she's an assassin, baby. Let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles. Fly. Still Super Bowl chance for now. <laughs> oh, my God. You could not live with your own failure. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man. Law, you ain't right, man. You look, man. I remember that eagle calling, calling, Law, man. You, you ain't right, man. You're supposed to be able to be fair and balanced with this, man. You, 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 you ain't. I'm going to call Peter on you, Law. <laughs> Can you flap the hat one more time? <laughs> you have to. Oh my gosh, man. I can't wait for October to come around this corner. <laughs> But there's something inside of you that says, oh. I just have to follow that. Because you don't know who you're going to meet, who you're going to meet, who you're going to meet. Come on. I got, I got balls of steel. Suck. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. To the Eagles. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Eagles. Emotional damage. Because you don't know. Man, head, don't poke him in the eye. <laughs> hey, they should have. Hey, they should have did this one right here when they came him out on a gurney. <laughs> Wasted. <laughs> hey, Eagles community, come on. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. <laughs> That was easy. 
<laughs> oh my gosh, man. Turn me up. those birds man on an instant pot man <laughs> let's listen to those guys <laughs> they talking about the eagles hold on now so the cocaine's happening when does that crack come into play for you <laughs> one love cowboy nation it's all in fun and spirit man appreciate y'all for helping me grow this channel man let's go DC for life. But there's Until next time. Inside of you that says, Salute. I just have to follow that because you don't know who you're gonna be. <laughs> <laughs>